Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Horse.com's Ask the Vet Live. I'm your host, Michelle Anderson, Digital Managing Editor of the Horse.com. Tonight's Ask the Vet Live topic is Equine Complementary Therapies, Your Questions Answered, and it's brought to you by the Horse's Soundness and Lameness newsletter. You can register for all of our newsletters at thehorse.com. We are joined tonight by our expert, Dr. Rachel Hart-Bellini of Colorado. She runs uh, Heart Equine in, um, as I mentioned, Colorado. Welcome, Dr. Uh, Hart. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your interest in complementary therapies? Um, so, yeah, I came out of um, vet school, and I spent about 10 years working on the racetrack all over the country, and um, I did a lot of lameness, mostly, and, uh, you know, it was always pretty frustrating, and uh, the horses, a lot of the horses didn't get better. After I left the track, I worked at a large sports medicine hospital and uh, was able to take the time to start doing some training. I just I had an interest in, in expanding my, my abilities. I found that what we had to offer our clients just wasn't was it enough? I've heard a lot of good things about the other therapies, and I wanted to find out about them. So I started, I did um, my acupuncture training at the Chi Institute in Florida, which was amazing. I also did a bunch of herbal classes there. And then uh, a number of years later, I did the chiropractic training up at the Healing Oasis in Wisconsin. And um, that was life-changing for me as far as how I wanted to address uh, sport horses and their problems, and I eventually branched out on my own, and now that's pretty much my entire practice, um, although I did recently finish off um, an 18-month class in uh, human homeopathy, so I'm, I'm working, on, working on that as well, but, uh, but for now, I've found that doing the, um, the complementary therapies. I work a lot with the other veterinarians, and so most of my horses that I work on do have, you know, a, a conventional veterinarian, and they have me, and they, they might have some other supportive care, and, and we try to work as a team, and, and it's very, very effective. And do you hold certifications in acupuncture and chiropractic? Yeah, I'm certified, you know, by the Chi Institute, and then I'm also certified by the American Veterinary Chiropractic Association as well. And so, yeah, we've got lots of lots of certifications, and we have to do a lot of continuing education to keep to keep those up. So I know in my horse life, um, I'm seeing and hearing more and more about complementary therapies such as acupuncture or chiropractics. Uh, so I know that we're going to have a lot of questions from our live audience, and we're going to get to as many of those as we can. If you're listening live right in front of you on your browser console, you can send questions in as we go. Um, we have about an hour to talk tonight, so we're going to jump in and get started with the questions that we have uh, submitted from ahead of time. So, Doctor, I'm going to start with a question from Susan in Salt Lake uh, or Salt Spring Island in British Columbia, and she says there are still people who seem skeptical about the effect effectiveness of integrative and complementary therapies. How do you dr address a client if they have a belief bias in regards to the application of acupuncture or chiropractic? Well, thanks for the question, Susan. Um, I think you've got to read your client first and kind of see how, how much you 
how much you can, how much they're willing to listen to you. Usually I can get someone's ear for a little while because I have that veterinary thing going. Um, but it can be very difficult to influence people if they are not interested in learning about the different therapies. Um, for those people that are sort of open and, and maybe just a little nervous because they don't know what's going on, I, I really try to educate them as best I can. I encourage people to observe me when I'm working. I encourage people to ask questions. I, I really, really do try to educate my clientele as much as possible, um, and I think that's probably the best way to get them on board with trying trying to do some other therapies for their horses. And so tonight our title is Complementary Therapies. Uh, Susan mentioned the term integrative medicine. Uh, we also hear alternative therapies. What is the correct term for, for all of this that we're doing and what falls <laughs> under that umbrella? Well, I was, I was recently at a meeting and I, I think that, you know, most of the veterinarians out there um, because we are traditionally trained in conventional medicine and kind of have gone on to sort of expand our, our the number of modalities that we can use and expand our education, you know, we do like the term integrative because that's how we're looking at the cases. We're looking at them from both sides. And um, I think that certainly you have conventional therapies and then you can put you know, you can call the other therapies complementary therapies because they are sort of in additional to our conventional ones. But I think that most of us, and, you know, again, alternative sounds a little more kind of out there. And so, you know, we don't really like to use that too much because we don't really want it to be an alternative. We want it to be sort of a part of the program. I mean, I think a lot of the complementary therapies, the chiropractic, the acupuncture, those are used on healthy animals to keep them healthy um, versus a lot of conventional medicine, which other than sort of preventive care, like the warming and vaccination in our horses, we don't have a lot of um, that as, as much of that kind of stuff that we can use, um, you know, that is in, in pills. And so I think, again, integrative is probably the, the, you know, what most of us are practicing, although the additional therapies, I think complementary is a good term. <laughs> How's that? That's, well, that, that, that is a, a good answer for that. I know that there's a lot of confusion over those different terms and, and how we use those. Um, you, I think this is definitely an evolving, evolving area, uh, I'm sure, for practitioners, but definitely for us owners who are new to it. Um, we have a question from Jennifer in Kentucky, and she wants to know what is available aside from chiropractic and acupuncture. So, you know, basically acupuncture um, is one of the five forms of Chinese medicine. So, you know, Chinese medicine is often looked upon as a complementary therapy, and so that would also include Chinese herbs. Um, it could include um, a modality called Twina, which is kind of like a kind of like a chiropractic, but it's sort of a, you know, a gentle manipulative therapy that they use. They also use something called Qigong, which is sort of an energy therapy, and then they also pay a lot of attention to nutrition. So all of those are, are sort of other, other modalities that we can address. There's also homeopathy, which is something that I'm recently working on getting trained in, which um, a lot of us are familiar with sort of heal products like Tramiel and Zeal and 
things like that. Those are actually homotoxicology. They're blends of homeopathic medicines. There's also things like um, that people use, um, you know, massage, energy work, Reiki, um, you know, flower essences, uh, essential oils. Um, so there, there's a number of, of different, um, you know, different modalities used, but I think the ones that are probably used primarily by the veterinarians would be the acupuncture and the chiropractic. I think we're getting more into the nutrition, which is, I think, again, very important. And then probably some of the homeopathy and um, some of the other stuff is done more by lay practitioners a lot of times. Our next question is from Ingrid in the Netherlands, and she wants to know, how do you decide which therapy is correct for your patients? So, um, you know, I think that chiropractic is really addresses the nervous system, and it really addresses how um, the body functions, its proprioception, its balance, its movement. Um, it is going to play a role in um, medical things if, if you have alignment problems that are uh, around, um, you know, areas of the spine that go to the, you know, abdominal organs or the lungs or anything that can be affected. But I do think that chiropractic is a little bit more of a modality that is best suited for, you know, movement-based problems. And I think that acupuncture... Um, can address those as well, not as quickly, um, but the acupuncture is also very good for medical issues, um, chronic problems that horses have like, you know, heaves and skin diseases and um, stomach problems. I think a lot of times the acupuncture can be very effective in addressing those. Um, ideally, I think they are, are both, you know, they're, they're complementary to each other, and I think that... Um, a lot of times I will uh, do manipulations on a horse and then I will follow it up with acupuncture treatment and sort of trying to um, support the body in as many ways as I can. So I think a lot of it is up to the practitioner and um, sometimes that decision is made by the horse. And uh, I do have a population of horses that do not like acupuncture needles, in which case I'm glad that I have the ability to work with my hands. Um, sometimes I'll do acupressure if there's areas I think that are really important, but um, sometimes a horse will make that decision for you as well. There's a number that don't like, don't like the needles. Our next question comes from our live audience. Renee in Lexington says the veterinary chiropractor and acupuncturists at her barn have both offered to run their hands over her horse to see if the mare needs any adjustments or treatments. What are they actually feeling for or looking for? She says she finds it difficult to believe that an acupuncturist in particular can give a horse a once-over with their hands and know which areas need work. What are your thoughts on that, Dr. Hart? Um, well, you know, it's amazing because when you spend a lot of time um, working with your hands on horses and doing, you know, hands-on healing like adjustments and acupuncture, you do start to get a, a, a real sense of the horse by how the tissues feel. And, uh, you know, you really, you, there, there is a lot that can be said and I, I can, it's, I can actually, you know, look at the way a horse is standing and tell you a lot, look at their posture, how their, where their feet are, the, the, 
the tone of their muscles just visually if you see a lot of, you know, fascial restrictions or, or tight lines. So for someone who's um, experienced in what they do, um, yeah, I would definitely expect them to be able to run their hands over the horse. Some some acupuncturists also will use like a needle cap and they'll scan um, you know, you can, you know, sort of whatever, run your hands over the horse and feel the tissue, feel the muscles, feel the restrictions. You can also use a needle cap or a pen or, or your fingertips and feel the acupuncture points themselves. And you can feel um, if an acupuncture point feels very deficient or hollow or sort of not, you know, not energetic, or you can feel if one is kind of hot and fiery and, and has a little bit too much energy. And so it is It is not something that I used to believe was possible, but after uh, practicing for many years um, and, and having been able to learn that ability, uh, you, you'd be amazed But um, what your hands can tell you. Our next question is from Virginia in Calgary, uh, Alberta, Canada. And Virginia wants to know if a horse owner believes their horse would benefit from chiropractic manipulation and then gets an initial treatment, how often will they need to repeat the treatments or is one session usually enough to fix issues? Well, that depends a lot on your horse and, um, you know, what you're doing with your horse and your horse's environment. And so that can vary a lot from situation to situation. And I do have clients where, they may bring a horse to me, um, and then again, they might, you know, then I might not see them for 18 months and would be like, hey, you know, you fixed her last time, and now she's not right, and can you do that again? And, and then, you know, they're gone, and you don't see them again. But my most of my horses that do compete and go to horse shows and kind of have that year-round schedule where they might travel south in the wintertime and, and are kind of on the circuit... I'll work on those horses probably every, you know, six to 12 weeks, depending on, you know, their schedule and my schedule and, and they do get support in between. So a lot of, a lot of things can, um, can affect that. And probably what you have to try to figure out is what your horse's issues are and, and why they have them. And sometimes, um, you know, some of those issues are, are training issues. Some of those issues are environmental issues. Some of those issues might mirror, you know, the same issues that their rider has. Um, and so depending on what's, what's creating the problems will often reflect on how much the horse, how much, you know, support the horse needs. And so a horse that is, you know, gently trail ridden on the weekends and lives out in a big pasture with other horses and gets to run around and has a nice, stress-free life probably won't need nearly the same amount of work as a, you know, horse in a show barn that's getting on vans and jumping and in lessons and has kind of a, you know, a more, a more stressful environment. So, um, usually I, I believe that, you know, horses should get somewhat of a, of a regular evaluation of their bodies by a chiropractor, depending on, depending on their workload. Our next question is from Eric in Utah, who's listening in our live audience. Eric says he owns a small sports therapy business in which he utilizes various core strengthening training and joint mobilization modalities as developed by Dr. Hillary Clayton. Do you think this type of work is valid in treating and benefiting the horse? Oh, very much so. I mean, I think that... um, 
you know, it's not most of the problems that are created, you know, the chronic issues that we have do stem from an overall lack of core strength in the horses because typically a horse is ridden often long before it develops really good core strength. And so they will start patterns of compensatory posture and movements often early in their career that they'll carry forth throughout, you know, throughout their career as, as horses and sort of, you know, struggle with these patterns that, you know, a lot of times stem from, from not having that initial core strength. So, yeah, I think that that's, that that's really important. And then I do think that, you know, yeah, the joint, you know, mobilizing the joints and, and not so much stretching, but, you know, allowing the horse to release and, and move is, is, um, is a big part of keeping them sound. And, you know, the clients that I work with that can do some of that stuff in between, uh, the horses do a lot better. Our next question is from Carla in North Carolina, and she wants to know what is the best way for a horse owner to determine a vet's qualifications for practicing chiropractic or acupuncture therapies. So I think this is pretty important, and, um, you know, sometimes even qualified people might not do a great job, so you have to kind of, you know, not only look for the qualifications, but also kind of listen to your to your feelings and to your horse's feelings about about the visit. Um, but first of all, people that should legally be working on, you know, doing chiropractic on horses should either be a veterinarian or a doctor of chiropractic, a human chiropractor who has gone through an animal course, and usually the veterinarians also have gone through an animal course, which is usually over 200 hours. And so once you go through those courses, you have the options of doing further certifications, um, you know, I've done the AVCA certification. I think that um, that's a good, that's a tough program to get through, and you know that those people um, have had to do a lot of testing to get that certification. So I think that if they're certified by the AVCA, um, and you can go to their website and, and find people in their states, um, um, that's a, you know, that's a good, that's a, a you know, you know they've done their animal course as well as you know their other other training. There's also the International Veterinary Chiropractic Association, um, which is different schools. Kind of, there's three different schools in the United States, and the different schools kind of go for different organizations. And there's some problems between them, but that's another organization that they have to have gone through those programs. So I think those are um, good. Um, good certifications to look for in your um, chiropractors. And then for the acupuncture, um, there is the um, IVIS courses, the International Veterinary Acupuncture Society, and also the CHI, which is CHI Institute. Um, And those are sort of the two main um, classes that have been certifying veterinarians. So again, you can go to their websites and, and, you know, see the um, see if your uh, acupuncturist is certified. There's also um, Colorado also has a a school, but they their training is more medical acupuncture, so it's not Chinese medicine, so it's a little bit different. So if you're looking for sort of the Chinese medicine end, you won't get that if the certification came out of Colorado. So those are probably the you know kind of the certifications that you have to look for, and then I think that. Um, 
you know, I think that a chiropractic evaluation, I mean, I typically spend between 90 minutes and two hours working on the horses. I don't think that adjusting a horse in 10 minutes or 15 minutes is, is um, you know, really a most thorough way to go. So I think, again, you have to kind of see how your see how your person works and, and get some recommendations from other people and word of mouth and, and that kind of stuff because there is a lot of variation in the different strengths and, and um, intents of people doing this kind of work and only so much regulation. So um, it's good to kind of keep your eyes open and, and do look, look them up a little bit as well. So from my personal experience with acupuncture for myself, not my horses, I've had different practitioners, even within the same uh, practice, that were very different in in their treatments and my experience with them. And uh, both were good, but they were very different. How do we see those same kind of differences in how practitioners do acupuncture on our horses? Oh, yeah. I think it's, you know, everyone is, you know, brings their own individual self into these types of modalities, whether it's the chiropractic or the acupuncture or, you know, any kind of massage or energy work. And so there is going to be a lot of variation from practitioner to practitioner. And I think that's one of the hardest parts for the clients because, um, you don't you don't always know what you know you might have an experience that that isn't good and then you think you know that the whole modality isn't good but maybe really it's just that practitioner wasn't the right one for you know you or for that situation and um so it really is good to i think talk to people and um about the different practitioners i mean that's how i've always found you know people to work on to work on myself is more through talking to people that I know do good work and asking them and, and so on, you know, cause you, cause they can recognize it. I mean, people that do good work recognize other good work. And so, um, you have to kind of go along with that. Okay. Our next question is from Gail in California and Gail says she's heard that there's no possible way a person has the strength to adjust a horse's spine. Yet she says she's had friends who insist their horses have been helped by dramatically by chiropractic sessions which is true. Can someone actually manipulate the horse's spine? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not so much, um, like it's sitting in cement. And so really the, the, I always say, or my mentor, Dr. Shoemaker often said that bones, you know, they float in a sea of soft tissue. And so you have if you can if you can relax the soft tissue, then the, the bones are pretty willing to kind of move. And so the way that, that I work, I work more through the soft tissue and I sort of relax that and then I just kind of gently manipulate the bones. But also the you know, the chiropractic thrust, which is a high, you know, very high velocity, low amplitude, um, you know, is incredibly powerful. And if it's directed, you know, um, with the exact correct vector, which is usually, you know, figured out prior to the adjustment, um, it can, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a lot of force and that are also using some, some practitioners use activators, which are the kind of like a little gun that has a, that has a very, um, you know, high velocity to it. And so, so, um, so yeah, absolutely. But I, I do think that, uh, working with the, working with the soft tissue, you can, 
the horses are very, very sensitive um, to that kind of work, and once they once they relax, it's it's not that it's not that difficult. You have to you have to come out and observe sometime and and uh, and see the horses change as they as they get adjusted. They usually will have a release, and so you know that something's something's happened. We have a question from our live audience. Michelle is in Alberta, Canada, and she says, when you are massaging a horse after a chiropractic treatment, can you undo the effects of the adjustments? Should you let your horse just rest for a couple of days after seeing the chiropractor? Um, I think I think it depends. Um, I don't think that when, you know, if, if your massage is, you know, I wouldn't do a super, super deep um, heavy duty massage on a horse after an adjustment, but I do think that coming back and sort of um, reinviting the tissues to hold in their new alignment and to relax them is is a good thing. And um, when you when you are adjusting a horse, you are putting putting things back to where they should be normally. And so typically the body is a little more invested in holding on to that new alignment. And so it should not be, it should be a little difficult to, to knock it out um, because the work you should do should kind of reinforce the, the new alignment, but I wouldn't do anything overly, overly aggressive. I would give the horse a little bit of time. So I have stood with horses getting uh, chiropractic adjustments, and then I go see them go out and lay down and roll. And for me, horses are so big, and there's so much body mass and energy when they're down rolling. I wondered, can, can the horse undo the positive effects of the chiropractic adjustment? I mean, I think, I think again, you have to sort of hold the intent that, your your new alignment is where the body wants to be, and so again, I think I think the horse's you know his rolling it should be reinforcing um, the new the new alignment more so than than pulling things out. Um, I think that when we have to um, use our bodies in a way that is difficult for us or hard for us. Like if you're a riding horse and it's hard to go to the right and you've got to keep, you know, you're being forced to keep going to the right, you're going to start making adjustments and bracing and have restrictions. And those are going to be the things that are going to create alignment problems. But when a horse is sort of free to, um, you know, do things like roll and, and, you know, run and do things, I think that those, those kind of things, unless they, you know, run into something should, should reinforce what you what you're trying to get the body to do. Our next question is from Kathleen in Vermont, and Kathleen says that she studied the Masterson method last year and has just started a Reiki class. She would love to hear your experience or knowledge of the use of both of these methods and horses. Do you have any experience with any of those modalities? I don't have any personal experience with the Masterson method myself, but I do. I have worked with um, people that are trained in that, and I've also read a little bit about that and heard something, some, you know, some about that. And I, I like it a lot. Everything that I've that I've learned about it, it's it's again, you know, more getting the horse, getting the horse's muscles to release. I think it's, um, you know, very very effective um, as far as getting the horses to, um, 
you know, hold their bodies correctly to release the areas of tension. And, you know, it's, it's, it's good. It's good stuff. And then, um, Reiki as well. I mean, I've, I've trained to level two Reiki. I mean, I use it in my, I use it in my practice. I've worked with people that use it in their practice. I think it's, um, you know, wonderful for horses that are very high strung and nervous, especially that don't, that aren't, you know, available to, um, take a lot of work at first and kind of need, need some time to settle and ground. I think that's a, it's great. And I think that, you know, the animals really, they really like it. Um, it's, it can, it can be very, it can be a great way to support them and to support their bodies. Our next question is from our live audience. Kathy is in Indiana, and she says that her horse is apprehensive about having his neck and pole area adjusted and become so tense that they can't perform a full adjustment. How do you feel about uh, tranquilizing a horse for the chiropractor? I, you know, I won't do that. Um, I I just think for me that there's, um, you know, there's a lot more going on besides uh, just alignment issues with the bone. When a horse is tight somewhere, you've got all the muscles and the fascia, and there's just a, a lot of a lot of other things that are that are not um, happy. And and I think that when even you know getting the bones aligned, if you're not kind of you know working through that working through that soft tissue problem, I I don't I don't think the adjustment is going to hold over time. So I don't really think it's worth doing. Um, I think in horses like that, you need to, you know, you need to work on the, you know, they're uncomfortable. They've got, I mean, I see a lot of horses with um, very, very stiff necks. I've been thrown out of a a few stalls um, trying to, trying to work with them. And um, I think you have to, those horses, I might do electrical acupuncture on their necks for a while and try to get the, the tissue to settle down, but you got to, you got to try to get them more comfortable. I might, you know, have a massage therapist. I might, um, use things like, um, vibrating, um, massage, uh, tools on their necks to sort of help relax the muscles. But, uh, those horses are bracing and holding there for a reason. And, uh, I don't think that being, um, forceful with chiropractic adjustments is, Something that I've ever been comfortable with there's uh there's a reason why they're they're so uncomfortable. I think it's our job to to figure that out and and not just go in there aggressively. Our next question is from Sue in Oregon. She wants to know what preventative steps, if any, can owners, riders, and trainers take to minimize the need for chiropractic adjustments, acupuncture, and joint injections and therapies to keep their horses working soundly and free of injury and pain. Um, what are your suggestions on that? <clears throat> well, I you know I think the I think the number one thing that that needs to be um, paid more attention to really with our horses is proper conditioning and core strength, which, you know, we mentioned a little bit earlier with a, a collar. And I think that, um, you know, when your horses are, um, strong enough to be ridden and to hold their balance and, and that kind of thing, they're, they're not going to have as many soundness issues. And so, um, you know, proper care of their feet, proper care of their teeth, um, proper 
training before they are ridden, I think are all um, things that can contribute. I think that once, you know, your horse is sort of at that point and is, you know, you're trying to maintain it in a training program, again, um, sports massage, yes, I think is very important. I think the more you can keep your horses supple, the more you can keep them balanced, you need to focus on, you know, making sure that they're posture is good, that they're, you know, their their tax fits correctly, the environment that they're being ridden in is good. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of things that people can do to um to really help, you know, their horses stay sound. Um I think that groundwork is, is a real important part of it. The other the other side, um the other side of this um equation is, is care of the rider. And I think that's also really important. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, you want to, as a rider, you know, physically and emotionally, you want to bring the same thing to your horse that you want from your horse. And so again, you know, taking care of ourselves, making sure we're balanced, making sure we're fit, making sure, you know, we're in a positive frame of mind when we're with our animals, all those things, you know, can contribute to, um, you know, keeping the, keeping the picture picture healthier. But yeah, I think, you know, support with, with massage is, is, is very valuable. And I work with a lot of massage therapists and I have, you know, I, I have ones that, you know, work with me and shadow me. And, and I think it's a, a big, you know, can be a big, you know, big adjunct care, um, you know, along with the, the stuff that I do. Our next question is from Fiona in North Carolina, and Fiona wants to know if there have been any published studies on the efficacy or otherwise of using magnetic field therapy on horses with arthritic or joint muscle problems. So I did take a look, um, you know, just on PubMed and that kind of stuff, and there is a fair bit of, um, you know, there's papers on, on humans, on fracture repair, there's papers on rats with osteoporosis, and there's probably some, there's some, um, you know, sort of survey articles on the horses, but, um, you know, I think over, you know, overall, the pulse magnetic therapy is, is known to kind of stimulate cellular repair and, um, you know, can help you know, can help horses with arthritis and, and joint and muscle problems, but I think it's a little more, um, there's, a, there's a fair bit of pain relief um, from some of these modalities, and I think there's, you know, some healing stimulated, but again, you, you know, if, if your horse has got other issues that are, you know, making these problems ongoing, they're not going to, it's not going to solve that. So it's a little bit of a symptomatic treatment, but probably better than, uh, phenylbutazone or um, cortisone injections. (laughs) Our next question is from Lynn in Virginia. Lynn says she's wondering if there are any studies that indicate chiropractic work, massage, or Chinese herbs are effective in the horse. She says that she uses these modalities herself and for her horse, but she can't truthfully say that she notices any difference in her horse, although she personally benefits from them. Do we have any research behind complementary therapies? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of stuff out there. I mean, there's, um, you know, a very nice journal called the American Association of Traditional Chinese Veterinary Medicine um, that is just full of studies on acupuncture um, and Chinese herbs um, and how they're working in um, horses and, and dogs and, and sometimes some exotics. 
He also, um, the Journal of the American Holistic Veterinary Medical Association, um, also has a number of, um, you know, articles and, and, uh, studies on this kind of, um, this kind of work. So those are sort of two areas that you can look at. Um, I think again, with these, with these modalities, there's a lot of variation between practitioners. And so, um, it's it's not it's not none of these none of these sort of modalities are black and white modalities as to you know what's best for the horse at this time and so a lot of it is going to depend on your practitioner so I think if you're finding you're not getting any help you may want to um, just shop around a little bit and try some try some other people and and uh, see what see if that's uh, helping your horse better. We have a question from Kim in Ontario, Canada, and she says. Or wants to know if you find that your work can be more effective if you use a massage therapist on the horse alongside your complementary therapies. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, I work with a lot of um, massage therapists, and I think that the massage um, helps the horses in, in a number of different ways, especially if we have a, some of these great massage therapists that I actually have the opportunity to work with. And I think the number one, it can help the horses become conditioned more to the body work. A lot of times, um, some horses, um, are a little bit sensitive to touch and, and those sort of modalities. So I think it can kind of help them become more comfortable, um, which will make my work easier because I won't have to go through as much of an introductory phase with them getting comfortable with me working around them in that manner. And the other thing that keeps the it keeps the tissues healthier. Um, I, I see a big difference when horses get regular massage and just the, you know, what I sort of consider to be both the uh, perfusion, the the blood and the circulation in the tissues, but also the lack of toxins and sort of the lymphatic drainage. And so, a lot of our horses are not out in herds and they're kept in stalls and. They don't get rubbed down by their buddies every day. And so, you know, a lot of those tissues don't get stimulated and uh, they can get very stagnant um, in, in with especially the horses that are on a lot of supplements. And so those animals that are getting regular massage, I mean, they can be, you know, they can be helped in that way. The tissues are much healthier. And then a lot of times they, you know, they maintain better, better alignment. They hold their, they hold their adjustments better because again, the tissue is just better educated. It's, it's more, it's more willing to, uh, be flexible in its position and, 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 you know, it's, it's interface with the bones. So absolutely. Oh, our next question is from Kathleen in Vermont, and she wants to know if you have any experience or thoughts about using red light therapy on horses. Um, you know, again, this isn't a therapy that I've used a lot myself. Um, a lot of times it's something that, um, will be used by sort of lay practitioners. And when I was on the racetrack, um, we did have people that would come around and, and use this therapy on the horses. And I did see, um, definitely a change, um, you know, mostly just kind of in the inflammation and the swelling and, um, you know, with the, with the therapy. So, yeah, I think again, it's, uh, it's a nice non-invasive modality that does seem to kind of help at the cellular level for the tissues and the cells to be healthier. And um, I think it does help with healing. 
we have a couple questions about essential oils and horses. Um, one from Michelle in Maine, who wants to know if essential oils work, and one from Rex, who's in California, who says that he's read that melanomas in horses can be treated with frankincense oil to help heal them. Have you had any experience with these kinds of natural therapies in horses, and do you find them effective? Um, I I like the essential oils. Um, I have, you know, I don't have um, a lot of education in them personally, but I have worked, uh, you know, with people that use them, and I've learned from them, and I like to use them. I think they can be um, you know, helpful in a number of different areas. I mean, I think that some of the, you know, some of them can be very calming and, and provide stress relief and sort of grounding, and some of them are good for skin problems, and uh, some of them are, you know, can be great for, for inflammation. Um, the frankincense, I have not actually heard personally that it's using in the melanomas, but I know that it is used um, in a number of different cancer treatments. So, I mean, I certainly think it would be, something worth trying um, in a melanoma situation. Probably the way that I would use it, it would be I'd probably dilute it in some, you know, olive oil or just uh, massage oil first, um, you know, when I first put it on so I wouldn't, you know, burn the burn the horse um, and then kind of gradually put it on more concentrated if, you know, once you were sure you weren't going to have any, you know, any kind of reaction from it. Um, I do think you have to be a little bit careful with the oils and uh, certainly you don't want to use them in cats. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, again, there's a lot of people out there that, that are pretty educated and I've had uh, seen my friends have headache relief from, from blends and, and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think they are, you know, there is something out there that um, can be supportive and, and helpful. Well, we're talking about horses, but now I'm curious, why not cats? Because they're going to lick their skin, okay. and uh, they'll ingest it, and it can be toxic to them. Okay. So you've got to be real careful with the oils and the, and the cats. Okay. Our next question <laughs> is from Catherine. <laughs> Catherine, that's cats. Um, Catherine in California says she has an 18-year-old Tennessee walker that has started being resistant to getting in the trailer, something that he's always done willingly, if not help, happily, for, for many years. She said that he's sweet and willing to do what she asks him. He doesn't seem to have any other issues, but he, might he be having trouble with the movement and the bumps of the trailer ride, or could this be an alignment issue that could benefit from chiropractic work? Um, you know, there is a reason why the horse isn't going in the trailer, for sure. Um, and it could be because... Um, the, the trailer ride has become uncomfortable for him if something's changed in his body. So I certainly think that having the horse evaluated um, in that manner, you know, his back, his feet, and that kind of stuff is, is sort of worthwhile. Um, I would also kind of think about, you know, other reasons why he might, I mean, I wouldn't consider that to be an overly common reason unless there was some sort of, traumatic incident of some sort um, recently that might have affected his back because a lot of times um, when these sort of things happen, um, they're chronic, so you wouldn't expect the horse to just kind of all of a sudden not want to go on. But, I mean, it definitely could be a could be an issue that, that's a pain issue in his body that occurs with riding in the trailer. I'd also think, you know, about other 
other reasons as, as well, because it is obviously kind of an abrupt change in his behavior and, um, whether he's, whether he had some kind of bad experience, um, you know, may also be something to consider. Um, but yeah, I would get him checked out for sure. Our next question is from Luann in Ohio, and Luann wants to know how long the benefits of equine massage last for the horse. So, again, that depends a lot on the horse and the massage therapist and, and what the horse is doing. Uh, I think that, you know, it definitely can last up to a couple weeks if the horse is in a pretty good program and a pretty good um, pretty good condition where he's not getting a lot of um, you know, sort of musculoskeletal insults to his body. Um, other horses that, you know, sometimes are in a, a, you know, a difficult or challenging, um, you know, riding program, uh, they, you know, they may be able to undo the work relatively quick. But I think that, you know, the benefits of massage are, are wide range. And um, besides just maybe making the horse more comfortable, they do, stimulate a lot of processes in our body. And so I think that, you know, a lot of the things that massage helps both, you know, psychologically and also, um, you know, where we can't see sort of, you know, in the lymphatic drainage and the energy movement and the circulation, some of those benefits I do think will be ongoing regardless of, of what, you know, what the horse actually does physically. So I would expect those to, to last a couple of weeks. Our next question is from our live audience. Cindy is in Pennsylvania, and she has a 21-year-old gelding that had a wire injury early in his life that left him with scars and hindquarter atrophy. He's on glucosamine and chondroitin plus anti-inflammatories, but seems to be having difficulty when rising from lying down. Can any of the therapies that we've been talking about tonight help strengthen his hindquarters and help him when he's getting up and down? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, on a horse of that age, I wouldn't do any um, sort of chiropractic thrusting type adjusting, but I would do um, sort of work on the muscle spasms and, and kind of do some sort of gentle gentle manipulation. So in a situation like that, you might be better off with a good massage therapist than someone that is doing sort of routine, routine chiropractic work, but also... Um, Acupuncture can help those horses a lot because a lot of times as they get old and they get kind of restricted in their hind ends and in their lower backs, they lose a lot of just sort of their proprioception and kind of their neurologic awareness to their hind end. And the acupuncture can be very effective in kind of waking up that area and so they can, they can, you know, get better, get better use of it. And, um, so, yeah, I enjoy working on um, geriatric horses quite a bit, and I've been able to um, really improve their quality of life uh, a great deal on some of them. But you do have to be um, be gentle with their with their bodies at first um, because they can be stiff and, and have a lot going on. Our next question is from Gaytain in Colorado. She says that her horse was recently diagnosed with navicular only in the right foot. She said that they've put new shoes on with a small elevation in the heel to relieve pressure. Would you recommend using acupuncture, and is there any specific technique that would perhaps be most helpful in the long run, or will she be wasting her money if she goes this route? Um, I I like acupuncture. Um 
I think that it it um, can, you know, there's points on the foot, and it can be very helpful um, in addressing localized um, localized foot issues. So definitely, I don't think you'd be wasting your money. Um, it can really help with the, you know, the flow of the chi to that area and, and help with the healing. Um, the other uh, thing, you know, that acupuncture can do is a lot of times when you, you know, have a horse that's sore and the front end, they, they wind up bracing in their hind end a bit. So the acupuncture can also kind of, you know, help some of the compensatory changes in his body that have come from, you know, being sore um, in the right front just by balancing out the meridians. Um, and, and, um, you know, I think chiropractic as well has that same, has that same effect. Um, some of these modalities may not, um, directly address the actual navicular disease, although I think the acupuncture can, but they can also just help the whole horse deal with the one leg that is bothering him by treating the rest of the body and sort of restoring balance and mobility and suppleness to areas that, um, you know, wind up getting restricted secondary to soundness issues. So, um, yeah, you're not wasting your money. Take care of your, take care of your horse. He'll like you. Our next question <laughs> is from Angela in California, and I'm I'm really curious about the answer to this because I I have a filly <laughs> that I haven't had uh, all that long. I've had her about a year, but she's uh, definitely acting more mareish as she gets older. So Angela wants to know what therapies you might recommend for a mareish mare. Uh, she said that she is especially bad when there's a stallion on the property. She's better when there's not a stallion around. Uh, can acupuncture help with? With yeah, I've had I've had acupuncture. I mean, I think this is one of the modalities, you know, where acupuncture is, 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 you know, probably more of a, you know, can more specifically address these kind of, um, you know, crazy hormone fluctuations, um, you know, more so than, say, the chiropractic, um, which just, you know, doesn't necessarily address that unless you get into some of the, maybe some of the osteopathic stuff that I'm not aware of. But, but yeah, so, yeah, I've had, um, you know, there's, there's, Specific points, um, a lot of um, acupuncturists will just even put B12 in those points um, that can that can help, you know, just kind of help with the keep things uh, better better balanced. And I imagine I don't really know off the top of my head, but I imagine there probably even are some Chinese herbs that also, you know, also can help keep them stabilized. Sometimes, you know, these things also can be secondary to you know, liver imbalances and that kind of stuff. So you would want to have them sort of looked at and evaluated to see what, you know, if there was a particular um, meridian that was, that needed to be treated because sometimes it will be a lot of times in the springtime, it's, it's more of a, more of a liver issue than a direct hormone problem. So, um, but yeah, it can definitely help. And I know that you primarily focus on sports medicine, but do you have any experience using, uh, acupuncture for reproductive health in mares and stallions? Um, I don't personally because I've always tried to stay away from reproduction, but I mean, I have, I have worked with, you know, in practices, you know, with, with vets and occasionally I have treated um, mares and, and had some, had some success. So, yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's a, I, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why it's become so popular in Kentucky because it really I mean, you really can, you know, make make big changes with little needles um, on, you know, in that in that part of the in that part of the horse, and so uh, 
Kentucky had to, you know, they had to embrace it quickly because they've got so much, so much, you know, so much reproduction there. We have a question from Allie in New York, and she wants to know what is the best hands-on therapy for helping lessen the effects of heaves in a horse? Um, well, so hands-on meaning, you know, I don't know if that includes acupuncture, but, I mean, acupuncture is, is pretty, um, you know, can be pretty effective. Sometimes, um, you know, it, it doesn't last that long, unfortunately. So a lot of times um, when I've treated heaves in horses, I've used acupuncture along with Chinese herbs. Um, I also think, you know, as far as, um, you know, other kinds of hands-on therapy, I mean, cranial sacral therapy, which works with the cranial sacral rhythm and kind of works with the nerves, you know, might be something that can, um, you know, reset part of the horse and, and help, you know, help, uh, help the energy flow through there better. Um, also, um, probably some, you know, Ricky or that kind of work. I mean, with the hands-on, I don't know that chiropractic is, is particularly effective with the heaves, although it might help if there's, you know, secondary, you know, rib subluxations or, or issues, you know, secondary to the way the horse has been sitting or having to stand to breathe. Um, but I don't think it's, it's directly, directly uh, helpful. We have a question from Pam in California. She says she has a 10-year-old horse that has always had trouble going down hills. The horse wrings its tail, gnashes its teeth, and throws his head while he's going downhill. He prefers to switch back, back and forth across a hill rather than going straight down. Is there anything that she can do to make him more comfortable, and could this be a chiropractic issue? Yes, I mean, definitely. Um, I do think this would be a great horse to be evaluated, um, you know, certainly for back issues or possibly issues in his um, neck or even in his front seat. And all those could, could cause, um, you know, that kind of crabbiness with the stress of going downhill or, or his knees. I mean, just like, just like with us or his front, his front carpuses, I guess, not his really, his knees. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's not normal. Um, He shouldn't be that uncomfortable going down the hill. And so, um, yeah, there should be, there should be some stuff out there to keep him more comfortable, and I would uh, I would get him evaluated. We have a question from our live audience, Evelyn's in Pennsylvania, and she says that about 15 years ago, her horse broke three bones in his withers. He developed a swelling between his shoulder and withers, and that went down after acupuncture. Is this typical for acupuncture to help with help to reduce swelling like this? Absolutely. Um, because the acupuncture a lot of times is going to treat the tissue itself and sort of restore function to that tissue. And so a lot of times in our bodies when we've had an injury, um, the body tends to sort of shut down in that area and um, the acupuncture will sort of wake it back up and sort of reinstill the healing process to those tissues. And so, yeah, it's very... It's very common to see, you know, those kind of changes, changes in, you know, a lot of times uh, horses that stock up in their hind legs or horses that have chronic um, lymphangitis, all those things can uh, be very much helped by acupuncture because it does, it does help the body sort of restore, um, you know, the, the circulation of, of everything to that, to that area. Our next question is from Lynn in Virginia. Lynn wants to know if a horse's ribs can become subluxed. 
She says that her gelding has recently become very sensitive about being groomed in the girth area and toward the flank in the area of the bottom edge of his last ribs. Could this be an alignment issue? Yeah, I have definitely seen, um, you know, horses sore in that area, secondary to an alignment issue. Sometimes um, it can be, you know, they just sort of have fascial restrictions there because they have, um, you know, maybe alignment issues in their um, withers or often it can be in their ribs. A lot of times uh, at the bottom edge of the last rib where she's talking about, I will see horses that have... um, you know, very slightly, you know, subluxated ribs and they'll have kind of muscle spasms around that area and they will, they will be quite uncomfortable. And, um, sometimes a good, a good massage therapist can kind of work, um, that tissue enough to sort of release the muscle spasms, which then will sort of release the subluxation. So possibly by, um, you know, sort of gently brushing and curring, you might be able to help them out a little bit, um, help my little bit there, but yeah, it would be good to get a horse like that looked at by a chiropractor, probably help him feel better. So before we close tonight, I wanted to ask you, what's the one thing that you would like our audience to take away from tonight's discussion? And what would you like to say to those who maybe haven't used complementary therapies, but have considered it for their horses? Um, you know, I just, I would really encourage people to be open-minded, especially if their horses are suffering from chronic problems where conventional medicine is just kind of unable to resolve the problems. I think that, that most, um, you know, most sport horses, you know, do, do benefit from this kind of work. Um, I, I think that, you know, this is an area where we need to look at first instead of um, condemning our horses that have, you know, say they have attitudes or, you know, badly behaved horses. I think if you haven't had a a complimentary sort of evaluation of of your horse, I think that's important to do before sometimes you condemn some of these behavioral issues because people can sometimes find things um, that a conventional practitioner just doesn't doesn't have the experience to look for. Um, and I also would encourage people to try different practitioners. Don't, don't condemn the therapy until they've tried a couple of different practitioners because there is a lot of variation and, um, people focus on different things. So talk to your friends, talk to people that you know, and, uh, get good recommendations and, uh, and talk to your practitioners and, uh, Make sure you have a, you know, the experience should be good. It should be a good experience. Uh, Well, thank you, Dr. Hart, for joining us. We appreciate your time this evening answering these great questions from our audience. I want to thank everyone who's listening live for joining us tonight, Uh, everyone who sent in questions during our live event, and also those who sent in questions ahead of time. Uh, We couldn't do these events without your questions. So thank you for that. Uh, If you are looking for information on complementary therapies, you can go to thehorse.com and do a search. We have some articles about uh, different research studies that have been done on the different complementary therapies. So thank you again, Dr. Hart, and thank you to everyone listening and have a great evening. Well, thank you, Michelle, and thank you for the Horse Magazine for, you know, putting this stuff out there and and helping educate people in all areas of, of things that are going on. Appreciate it.